If you are sick of oppressive religious systems, but are not willing to let go of faith altogether, this podcast is for you. In this show, we hear from inspirational people tackling real issues of faith that actually matter in this world. Welcome to Jesus Never Ran. The church is wrong to argue that the Bible justifies any sort of discrimination, oppression, marginalization of those who are not straight. Well, the reason why you ain't got no black folks in your congregation is because we don't show up to places where we're not welcome, and we know we're not welcome based off the conversations you demand that we don't have because of the questions you insist on us not asking because of the answers you don't want to live. And the idea that the best being in the universe can't come up with a better solution to the problems of the universe than to torture people forever, eternally, you just start thinking, if that's as good as God is, this is a pretty depressing universe. Hey everyone, before we jump into the interview, just a couple of quick words about our sponsors, Rise Nutrition from Menominee. You can find out all about what they have going on by going to Facebook and looking up Rise Menominee, and that's Rise with a Z. A couple of things they have going on in August is some special flavors, including a flaming tea blast and wait for it, a lemon poppy seed shake. That sounds incredible. Again, you can find them at Rise Menominee on Facebook or give Angie a call at 715-309-2706. And then our friends over at Infinity Beverages, don't forget that Thursday is buy one, get one for club members. And if you want more information on how to sign up or if you want to order online, go to infinitybeverages.com. Hey everyone, great to be with you. Today is part two of an interview that Nathan Carlson did with me on his podcast called Inquisitive Pontification. Make sure you support him by subscribing to his podcast and giving him a five-star rating as well. If you missed part one, just go to last week and you can hear it there. But this is part two with Nathan Carlson on Inquisitive Pontification. Welcome to the Inquisitive Pontification Podcast, a podcast exploring faith, religion, politics, film, popular culture, Uber stories, and anything else I find interesting. Enjoy. Because I, I know about the different arguments that I've made, you, you're right that Jesus never talked about that, but Paul did. Yeah. pretty directly and I, I do agree with the idea that we shouldn't take verses out of context but even even leaving it in context it, it, it is pretty clear that Paul is not okay with you know man lying with man women lying with women um, yeah those, so, I mean the, yeah. the, the I mean the the Old Testament Verses honestly are a lot easier to deal with than some of Paul's. Sure, Paul fires off that. I mean, it's pretty easy to see what's going on. You know, you take like the Sodom and Gomorrah passages or whatever. Those are pretty easy to look at and get some context. When you go into Romans and Paul's writings, it's it's a lot hairier. But again, we have to back up and really ask the question: What was the intention of what Paul is saying? And that's where I think we get it wrong. His intention wasn't to condemn people who are gay, and there's very little, um, you know, relevance to a monogamous gay relationship in, That's in the Bible my at all. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, that being said, I'm not. I'm not totally convinced. I've read a lot of books on the subject and heard a lot okay. of people talk about it. And and many of those people will explain away those Bible verses and explain how they're not saying what they're not saying. And I don't disagree with their arguments. I, I totally agree with a lot of what they're saying. That being said, I'm not convinced that Paul wasn't against people who were gay. Okay. I'm not convinced okay. of that. Maybe he was, but then that goes back to the inspiration of the Bible question, sure. <laughs> you know, then sure. we're back there all of a sudden, sure. because then we have to say, well, because Paul said it, does that mean God's saying it? And if he's not, then it can just be Paul's words, even though there is a time when Paul's writings and he said, this isn't from God, this is from me, you know, okay. yet we yeah. still want to say yeah. that was from God. So <laughs> it gets hairy. It just gets it hairy. Yeah. But, yep. but my, I guess my overall problem with, with all of it is that you know, if we just love people really well, it seems like we can have these conversations. And, you know, we're dealing with this coronavirus crap right now. And the thing that I'm frustrated about, in addition to just the quarantine and all that kind of stuff that we're all having to deal with, is that people are being so, people aren't lacking caution with their opinions. And I think, you know, I think there's people that have valid thoughts on all sorts of views of the corona situation here. And around a table with people that you value, that can be like the greatest conversation in the world. I've had some of those conversations with people that view it just a little differently than I do. And I've sure. learned so much from them. And I'm so thankful that I had those conversations so I didn't end up looking or sounding like an idiot. Right. And so I wish we could have more of those conversations in our communities of faith so that you know, we could just have open, honest dialogues about this as opposed to just saying, you know, my I, a good friend of mine, he says, I hate, he doesn't go to church anymore and he used to be an evangelical guy. He says, I hate going to church and being told what we believe. He said, because some of the uh -huh. things that we believe, I don't think I believe in. Sure. And so I hate when somebody sure. up front tells me what we believe when I don't believe that. And so I think those conversations can be really beautiful in groups mm -hmm. of people. But the problem is... You know, in most, just the way the church is set up, in most cases, doesn't allow for that really beautiful, healthy dialogue around issues of sexuality, around the LGBT community, around politics and your faith, around predestination, about heaven and hell, all of those. Like, yeah. isn't, you know, I was listening to, I was doing an interview the other day with a yeah. guy from California, and I loved, he wrote this in his book too, he said, he said the evangelical church, they, he was, and I'm paraphrasing, he talks about how they do so much work to make sure that they're believing in the right way, right? Believing the right things. And he said, Jesus spent so little time making sure people had the right beliefs. He said, if the goal was for Jesus to help everybody to believe the right things, he said, Jesus was a horrible teacher. Because <laughs> he, he'd talk like in parables, and you'd never yeah. like, get to the, he'd never just like give you a direct answer. Right? He's always like, I'm going to tell you this story that you're never going to understand. <laughs> and they'll be and, debating thousands of years of now from now, and that's how I'm going to answer that very direct question that you had. Right. right. So I think places of faith, and I think, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about faith and about this specific issue, this kind of evangelicalism issue at this this point in history, is because I think talking about Jesus, talking about faith can be such a healthy thing. Yeah. But I feel like we've set up a system that just fails over and over and over again because it doesn't allow for the things that Jesus did set up to do. 
which are to be with each other, to love each other, to care for each other, and to have difficult conversations without shying away just because it makes us feel uncomfortable. And going back to the LGBTQ community and, yeah. and that issue, I think the vast majority of that is just people feeling uncomfortable with it. Sure. And and some people I've yeah, some people I've talked to, I just I say one thing, I'll say, hey, when you think about this, does your mind automatically going go to two men or two women having sex? And if it does, you gotta rethink your thoughts on it because sexuality isn't just about sex. And yeah. if that's what we, when we think gay, we think two men having sex together. Well, we might have some pretty strong opinions about that, but that's not <laughs> right. what, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the same long-term monogamous relationships we hope for anybody. Right. And uh, I say this on my podcast this week of like, I, I sure hope that when Susie and I walk into a church holding hands that nobody's looking at us thinking of what it must be like for us to have sex together. that's a great point yeah wildly offensive to me (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely anyway yeah thoughts no i appreciate that so on that note like i mean you're talking about having healthy conversations and basically having a healthy community which i agree with and i think you know like you said you know uh, being able to discuss things in a way that uh, basically doesn't put someone off. I'm right. pretty sure that I'm guilty of posting things on Facebook or saying something that I know full well is going to make someone mad. And there might be better ways, and maybe that's something I need to work on and, and pray about more, is is there a better way for me to, to raise this question or to say something that I feel that needs to be said, but doesn't necessarily alienate everyone that i know that doesn't agree with me yeah and i think when it comes to like facebook and stuff like that it's okay to let people know where you stand i don't think there's anything wrong with that it's the way that you do it i mean there's some people that are just blasting people that are on the other side right (laughs) you know there's people that are just just going to town on people and i just don't like the spirit of that i understand pretty much the size to the argument that we're having right now um it's just, you know, some people are just, as, as one, one elderly person in my life used to say, you can be right or you can be dead right. And what she was meaning is sometimes you being right is hurting an awful lot of people. Yeah, agree. And I think there's some truth yeah. to that. So it's For not, sure. Yeah. So we could, as a culture, do better listening. And that's beyond yeah. the walls of churches. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think there is a difference between, um, had a thought, lost it, it's gone. It's, it's mm, but I gone. totally agree. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> do you do you still attend church? I do not. No, not currently. Okay. That being said, if there was a progressive affirming church in or anywhere near me, man, I would drive quite a ways to find it if I could, if it was around. You yeah. know, because for me, because I look at the LGBTQ thing as a civil rights issue, okay. I find it really difficult for me to walk into a community that I know is thinks differently on me with that. And I don't really want to support that. It's not that I don't care for a lot of the people there or don't think a lot of things are doing our great. Absolutely. I think most of the things are doing are probably great, but I don't. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest issue. Susie and I just recently made that decision that we're not going to partner with non-affirming churches because we just feel it goes against our core beliefs enough that we we need to be we need to not do that. Okay, that's yeah. just, but that's us. That's my conviction. I'm right, holding that over everybody else. 
Yeah, that makes sense. It's all a personal choice. And I think we all look for that home church, that, that place that yeah. feels home. And um, uh, there's been some good pastors that say, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect church. No. So, you know, there are... Yeah. A friend yeah. of mine said he was looking for the unicorn church, and he was also talking about the same kind of thing. Kind of a he's a progressive thinking guy, and he's looking for a church that would have really difficult conversations. And he said he thought he found it, and then that church fell apart. <laughs> so right. Yeah, it's like yeah. just because yeah. a church thinks differently or thinks more aligned with what you think doesn't mean that we're not just still a bunch of humans that can't hurt each other. <laughs> right. So I want. So the answer to your question, I would love. Yeah. To be a part okay. of a community, I value okay. it. I miss it so much. I miss it so much, and yeah. I know there will be a day when that will happen again. Um, but at the same time, I feel like I have to stick to what I'm very much convicted by these days, which at this point makes me stay outside of church. Gotcha. And, and honestly, there's some churches that are affirming in this area, but they're not really the type of churches I get excited about going to. And that's you know that's more mainline good. churches and things like that. Sure. Um, the ones with hymns and pews, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's some good stuff going on there. Um, yeah, no, there are. There's but, some some great stuff going on in some of those places. And I will go once in a while, but you know, sure. there's something to be said about it feeling like your place. You know, right. like B-side when we were all there. For, for yeah. me, like that just that just was my place for right. You know, seven years or whatever. Yeah. Valleybrook the same way when I was at Valleybrook in those early days. Like that was just a place I was supposed yeah. to be. And I love yep. it. Yeah. Here's a big question. What, if anything, should Christians be political about? Ooh, that is a big question. Mm. They should be political about the way that people treat one another. And I'm not afraid to talk about, you know, our current administration with Donald Trump. I, I get people's what people like about him and what people hate about him. But what should be universal from Jesus loving people is a disappointment with the way that he talks and the way that he belittles. And I think that to me, that whoever our leader is, the very least that we could ask for is that they would be kind people, that they'd be considerate people, that they'd be good listeners, just like Jesus was. That being said, Jesus very much, seem to purposely avoid political issues. So I really don't think we want to tie ourselves too Mm. tightly to, you know, I mean, as soon as the church tied themselves to, you know, Roman government, we, we, it was bad really fast. And so Jesus, yeah. And so the interesting thing is, you know, we tie our Christianity so tightly to, you know, our political system in America. And I don't think that's good, but that being said, I do think we should desire good, kind people in in office. Yeah. I guess if there's one thing, I think sure. that's it. I think everything else is probably up for discussion. I think you could be an amazing Christian on each side of the aisle and have different sorts of reasons of why you're that on that side of the aisle. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I have a hard time. You know, I lean very much on the liberal side, but then there's times when I just don't get on board with you know, the liberal side of our politics. And I get really frustrated with both sides often. Um, And I I think, you know, Jesus talks so much about unity. 
So yeah. I guess if we want to get involved with something politically, it would be to help unite our political system, which it's mm. so fractured right now. Because yeah. that's the one prayer that we hear Jesus pray is I pray that you would be unified as, as I and the Father are one. You know, I pray that you'd be one as yeah. I and the Father are one. Well, that's not happening in our political world right now. So I guess right. if we could fight for that, that would be helpful huh. politically. Yeah. You said something interesting that Jesus never talked about much about politics and i don't know that i agree with that he was pretty um uh controversial to say the least when yes. it comes to things that say um you know the only people that he really yelled at uh, were the pharisees yeah and he liked um, to yell at them <laughs> he sure did and and sadducees yeah. um but like he when he flipped over tables um uh, you know, for people selling whatever in the market there. Well, no, it wasn't at the market. It was at the temple. Yeah. Um, th- I would argue that was almost political. His Yeah, I could totally see why you, know? you would. I, I, could, I can't disagree with that because the Jewish religion at that time was so tightly tied to the Roman government. That sure. I guess it's kind of one and the same, right? So I, I think it's bit, fair. Yeah. I think it's fair to look at what Jesus said towards the Sadducees and the Pharisees and apply that to government in general. I don't think that's unfair at all. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's a, yeah. a, a valid point, you know. It's been leadership uh, at all. But, I mean, to to your point, though, when he was asked about who to pay taxes to, he straight right. up said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. So he yeah. didn't want to get involved in that aspect of politics. Yeah. Yeah, so there is more, a line somewhere. Like, yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely yeah. a line. Huh. And, and huh. you know, I hate what I hate about our American situation right now is that there is like this, what are they called, like the evangelical religious right that is so often tied, whether justly or not, to the Republican Party. Sure. I yep. don't like that. Don't yeah, like I, I totally understand that. And I think, hmm, I think I have two thoughts. One is that there is actually a law about what nonprofits can talk about when it comes to politics while remaining tax exempt. And that is they can't endorse a specific political leader for the purpose of like the election. Now they can talk about political issues. So, so nonprofits like churches can keep their, what was it? 501c3 thing. Um, they, Talk about, say, abortion or gay marriage or feeding the poor or, you know, gun control, whatever, or, or justice issues, racial justice issues, etc. Um, all of those are issues and topics, and that's totally fine. The yeah. second, supposedly, the second a nonprofit directly endorses a political leader for election, they are supposed to lose their 501c3 tax-exempt status. Correct. Which doesn't happen, obviously. And no one... It obviously is... doesn't, no. Right, <laughs> right. So I, I guess... Then that's a that's the legal side of things. But I yeah. think... Um, I think that... Like, I, you know, I don't consider myself a, a religious or faith leader at all. But uh, if, if one were, or if I had friends that... And I do have friends that are pastors, um, I wouldn't have a huge problem with them talking about an issue, political or just, 
you know, things become political because you get right. to vote on them. Right? But just issues, human issues, right? Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't mind if they talked about those, but I do mind if they are endorsing a candidate from the pulpit, right? Yeah, I would agree. So I think there's a, there is a separation there. And I, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a, it's a tricky subject to talk about, but you know, Greg Boyd talking about Greg Boyd again from the twin cities, he's got a great book called, I think it's called the myth of a Christian nation. That's kind of yeah. addresses this. What's, uh, I can't remember that guy from Philadelphia. His name, he wrote Jesus for present, which is super fascinating. Um, I can't remember his name, the dreadlock dude. Shane Claiborne. Shane Claiborne, he wrote okay. Jesus for President, and that's a super great read. Okay. Um, you know, so there's some good resources out there. Yeah. But, you know, again, it's not that we're going to come up with the answers. It's that we just have to have some great dialogue about it, which, you know, and I, I'm not going to lie here. I felt a strong pressure in my early evangelical days to vote Republican. Me I too. felt like that was expected of me, 100%. Yeah. In order to be a good Christian, I was yep. supposed to vote Republican. Yeah. Yeah, yep. and I did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. But, and, you know, I think maybe not as strongly, at least I haven't felt this from the liberal side, but I'm, I'm, I wonder if a similar experience happens in more progressive churches. And oh, it, I'm pretty sure it does. Sure it does. <laughs> I'm right. pretty sure it does, yeah. Because I've been to, say, like some Presbyterian churches and others in that same area, and you get the same feeling on the opposite direction. Sure, sure. Yeah, because in the same way, they're upholding certain uh, certain That'll beliefs be or certain issues. Yep. Uh, for example, you know, the Presby a Presbyterian church in general is going to be very against gun violence and therefore yeah. very against guns in general and therefore very democratic leaning <laughs> democrat leaning you know liberal right. leading yep and it's not hard to see that right agreed okay just a, a few things that i'd like to ask um you said that you value church which is one of the questions that i had do you value church and mm -hmm. um what what is good about church well, the two things, there's so much that's good about church. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's easy to talk about the things that you're frustrated about because there are really important issues that are, sure. in some ways, make it break it issues. But that doesn't mean there's not incredibly, incredibly great things about the church. For me, the two things I would say I really miss and the two things that I think are so beautiful and important about church is I just love a group of people gathering together on a regular bath uh, on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, I think that's really beautiful, especially a group of somewhat like-minded people. We're coming together for the same general purpose. And there's something really um, that feels like home to that. You know, when you find the right place with the people that you really click with and it yeah. just feels good, it feels great. And you look forward to it and it's beautiful and it gets you excited to continue to explore your faith in, in new and exciting ways. And then the other thing that I think is so valuable is that if you get a group of people that have at least some common values some, some, and they can be very general, but that group of people can come together and make a huge impact in yeah. their city or even the world. I mean, mm -hmm. here by myself, if I want to make a dent in whatever clean drinking water in the world, I can try to get a hold of some of my friends and raise a little bit of money, <laughs> but like a church community, yeah. they can just rally around it for a couple of weeks and raise, you know, yeah. 
hundred times what I could do without that. And so I do love, and I, I think Tough that's part of the, I think that's part of the church's responsibility here on earth is to take care of big issues like sex trafficking, like clean yep. drinking water. Um, I think these are things that should at least be assigned in part to the church. And so we have this unique ability to really rally around issues like that, make a difference financially, but also make a difference with our people power and our hands and our feet. Um, so I love, I love what's, what the church is capable of. Yeah. I, I am, man, I was not expecting that answer, but I love it. I like it. <laughs> That's great. I, and I agree. I think the church, um, uh, or at least some churches, many, many churches have rallied around issues like that, have made good strides and good change and continue to do so, even yep. now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, so- take the idea of like human trafficking, like I mentioned, is a great example. That is an issue that churches, evangelical, uh, yeah. progressive, conservative, it seems like everybody's jumping on board. And that's one the, that's very unique to our time is to see everybody in spite of their various belief systems. This is like, this is definitely one thing that everybody's saying. Yep. Yep. Um, clean drinking water maybe as well. Yeah. Well, and I've seen that actually in the, um, uh, evangelical. So I think PBS did a documentary about how environmentalism is something that used to be more of a liberal idea Mm. and, uh, a a point of contention among evangelical churches and when pastors started talking about like taking care of God's creation, God's planet, you know, and how we are we as humans are charged of, you know, to take care of it well, that was considered something that was, you know, a left-wing uh, liberal conspiracy, something whatever, and people left sure. leaving leaving the church because these people were saying, "No, we need. To, we do need to take care of our right. This is a biblical issue, and we need to yes. take care of it." Yeah. Um, but now that's the, things are changing there, and that is something that a lot of us Christians, in general, like you said, running the spectrum, um, are actually trying to work on. Which, yeah. which is a good thing. That's a good thing. It'll be really interesting to see this next generation what what they bring about. Yeah. You know, I'd be really into like yeah. my kids' generation because, yeah. man, they think so much so differently than I do in really good ways. Yeah. Some ways not so good, but <laughs> most ways like really good. Uh, that's and, funny. Um, yeah. when I go around to schools talking a lot of times, I'll share with them like we like my generation screwed up a fair amount. So if you guys could get on board <laughs> and try to some? make, yeah. make up for some of that, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's a group of people that seem a little bit more like-minded and a little bit more justice oriented and really excited about that. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out because, you know, the sixties happened too. And a lot of those guys ended up being businessmen. (laughs) (laughs) And some great businesses were started. uh, They were, there were some great Uh, things that happened, but you'll run into some people and then they tell you they're part of the Jesus movement. And you're like, really? What? (laughs) (laughs) Just can't even get it through your head because they, because they look so buttoned up now. Yeah. Just a couple more questions. What's your favorite verse? Mm, my favorite verse, I mean, probably twofold. Uh, the verse where it says, God is love. I love th- those oh, three good... words, you know, because 
if you put everything underneath that, just kind of like the great yep. commandment, just put everything underneath that. Yeah. And yep. if you're wondering if God's in the midst of something, ask if love is in the midst of it. And I think that should answer your question. Yeah. And then the yeah. other, the other, I'll say group of verses is at the end of Matthew six, where it talks about not worrying. It's so easy yeah. to worry in this culture, whether it's about my kids or my career or my pocketbook or the state of our world or the coronavirus is so, there's so much to worry about, but that idea of, you know, and it doesn't say completely not to worry. It just says, worry about today. What do, what's on your plate yeah. today? You know, it says today has enough worries of its own. So let's focus on okay. the here and now. And, and I think that's, that verse has done so much, given so much value to my life in so many different situations and has popped up ever since really the beginning of my non-Catholic journey, I guess. So that one is definitely the other one. I like that. Okay. One more. Sure. What is your favorite movie? My favorite movie, <laughs> you're going to love this. So this, this is why Susie hit it out of the park when she married me. I am a sucker for great romantic comedies. <laughs> okay, and, okay. And my absolute favorite, I'll give you, I'll give you one in one A. One is sure. when Harry, when Harry met Sally is Classic. probably number Classic. one. Absolutely. Um, one A is sleepless in Seattle. And then I would say maybe What's a, yeah, yeah. And then and then the a close third or close second or third, however you want to look at that, would be the notebook. I love the notebook. Those really? Are, so that's yeah, I'm a chick flick guy through and through. <laughs> I mean, that being said, I just we just as a family watched Star Wars last night together. So it's not that I don't value those other movies, but which what Star Wars? Uh we watched uh what was it? The ep- episode seven. Okay. So the yes. uh yeah, so that's that's the ones that Macia wanted us to watch. So we're doing that and Harry Potter during during the quarantine gotcha. together. Okay. So yeah, it's cool. been fun. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you for a great conversation. Um, yeah, it's been a blast. Yeah, and stay safe up there. I hope that once this is all over, we can get together and heck, maybe we can go to church together someday. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's do it. Let's do okay. it. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Nate. It's been a blast. Thank you. Wow, special thanks again to Nathan Carlson. Great interviewer, great podcast, super fun to listen to. Again, make sure you subscribe to it, give him a five-star rating, write him a review, and of course, do the same thing for Jesus Never Ran if you haven't done that yet. I'll put all of the connection points to Nathan and his podcast in the show notes, of course. And next week, ladies and gentlemen, here's the thing. Next week, when this podcast comes out, will be September 9th. September 9th just happens to be my birthday. On my birthday, I like to give myself a little bit of a gift. My gift for my birthday is the opportunity to interview none other than Jennifer Knapp next week on Jesus Never Ran. And until then, keep walking.